Welcome back to Tales of Two Bros. I am Angel. I'm Adon. And this will be our DC-ness review of The Sandman. Probably want to add more wind noises. Spoilers. All right, so Sandman premiered uh, by the time this reviewing a week ago, August 5th. Again, that was a big date for a lot of premieres. Prey on Hulu, Bullet Train in the movie theaters, Sandman here, Easter Sunday, the comedy starring Joe Coy. And with Netflix, for those who don't know, you can you can stream the whole season in one shot. You can binge it. Where like others like Hulu or other streaming services like Apple TV or Disney Plus, you have to wait week by week to get it or less you want to wait and then you just stream it. Anyway, you saw it. I saw it. It is a DC product. It was originally by Vertigo, right? Uh, it originally aired through Vertigo, which is also, it is DC. It's just like a, like branch, a branch. Yeah, a branch of it. Yeah. Uh, written uh, by Neil Gaiman, who also brought to us uh, Lucifer, the series Lucifer, which was spun into the Fox show Lucifer. Wildly different from the Fox series. Actually, here it's a little bit more accurate. There are differences between this and the book, though. Right, of course. Uh, I guess they had to, for the episodes in the season, they had to, I guess, get as much in as possible to tell a coherent story, which I felt was incoherent at times. Being all honest. Yes. Uh, I liked the show. The show was very interesting. It's visually beautiful. It's a good show. It's definitely, I'll say it now, worth the watch. But I got bored at times or confused or lost if however you want to look at it are you familiar with sam man because i am not i recently got familiar but i've never officially read the the novel the, the books or read the uh heard the audibles uh mm -hmm. but i am to the gist of like the general concept of the characters and what was going on i am familiar in that area before the series had happened so mm -hmm. It's like a pleasant surprise because I'm introduced to a lot of different things. The general concept of the character and how things happened, I knew about that. Okay. I had no idea. I just know he was a, the series, this comic, a lot of people like it. They, and I talked to some I, people I who want to say it's like a bestseller from watching the show. I can see why I can see where the, the lore of the, or the love of the lore comes from this show. Did it present a good foundation for like sequels and is and again there will be a sequel the way how it ended but there were times that i did get lost or bored or didn't feel like it was needed maybe down the line in another series another season it'll probably connect the dots but i was like but why and we'll talk about that now for me i liked like the first one third of the how many episodes it was like 10 right it was like 10 episodes uh about that so i had 10 episodes so the part where he gets captured right he's episode he's one. about to right well episode one but he the thing is he's trying to stop corinthian or the uh -huh. corinthian because he's a dream that went rogue sandman's trying to stop him from doing that or reset him and then he gets captured and all that was intriguing. I, I was falling for that. I was following it. I liked it. And then when he gets free, that's when things got a little wonky for me. 
Now I know again a lot of comic book fans. It was like, oh, it was great. They had everything. They did everything. They did yes, comic book accuracy in many things. But for me, the flow changed abruptly, and it didn't really connect or push along down the season. What about you? Do you agree or disagree? Kind of, I'm in a middle ground about that. So for there are parts that are slow. Hundred percent, I agree with that mm-hmm. part. And I had this conversation with a friend of mine uh, that was like, I'm getting bored. But there are parts that kept pulling him back in after he would get bored. Mm-hmm. For me, I, I don't know if I was looking at it more a meta way because of like the flow of it was like how I would interpret a dream flow. Like if, I, if I'm not having a dream, uh, you don't have a coherent dream. When you have a dream, it's like it jumps from parts to parts. And you, mm-hmm. and, and you have things that will be make sense and you have things that don't make sense. And granted, I did not read the book, so I can't say how accurate is the flow to the book, uh, because but I feel like that's something that would have been considered. Um, right. And additionally to that, the whole uh, there is like I do know that the storyline was heavily involved with actual main DC characters that were right, like, like that were heroes and so forth like that. So well, they had to talking they, about they that. Had to, they had to take that out. One of my friends who told me in a little more detail that, like, the girl who the pregnant one, yes, Alita Hall, she's Wonder Woman's daughter. Yes, exactly. And her her man, her her husband that she kept dreaming about is like related to Hawkman. Mm-hmm. Like a grandchild, or he's a great grandchild of Hawkman, or something like that. Yeah, he's like uh, not uh, like Carter Hall, obviously, but like related to the Hall family, um, right? Uh, and then, uh, like you got, there was differences. They made changes to the Corinthian. There was also involvement of other characters uh, like Superman, as well as I think maybe even Swamp Thing at one point. Superman. Uh, I'm quite sure Superman was involved at one point in time. But was he, was there like an incarnation or representation in the show of no, Superman? No, that's what I'm saying. So oh. like, they're not all the main DC characters that were involved in the actual book uh, mm-hmm. were actually involved in the show. They actually subjected them out. The ones well, that like they you, did use, they kind of either kept them true or they substituted them. You had to be a real fan of the book to know who these people are and how they relate to the DC world. Mm-hmm. And I know like with Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, those characters, that's a lot of money to pay. Exactly. And this is on Netflix, not on HBO Max, which I thought would be, but they probably had a big, uh, they probably did a, an agreement long ago and it took time for that to come into fruition. Fruit, fruition? Um, uh, fruition. Through one of those words to make it on Netflix, probably similar to like uh, Peacemaker, where he couldn't have or show completely like Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, but they had the Flash and Aquaman make it a cameo. Like those, those were Easter eggs. Yeah, those characters. The episodes I I enjoyed, but it didn't make sense afterwards was like i was like where is this going john d when he's in the diner yeah the ruby and he's making people do stuff or make their true nature come out i did enjoy it but i didn't know where it was going to me it didn't 
go to anywhere else did it i mean maybe did i fall asleep somewhere so uh the whole concept is like he's making them remove the lies the white right, lies the major lies and just forcefully telling the truth and enacting those truths is like without inhibitions to that but uh as he's doing that in the diner the diner is a central focus point right this is the epicenter as you're in the diner uh, i don't know if you heard it like He's listening to the news and the news is starting to go into that. And they're talking about stuff that's happening worldwide. So he's actually sending that energy outbound. In the comic, he was more about like, I'll just destroy everything, destroy the world kind of situation. Here now, he was wasn't he Destiny or or Dr. Destiny or something like that? Yes. So he's like uh he he's like Dr. Destiny, which they uh had a character in the uh, Justice League animation, as well mm -hmm. as I think I wanna say is Dr. Destiny or Mr. Destiny? Yeah. But he, yeah. he was also in uh, the Justice League Dark cartoon. Uh, okay. Uh, and so I want to say it was in both of those. But they were showing him like get, uh, like in a get, uh, costume, outfit, so forth like that. And mm -hmm. he is like, I will kill everybody kind of mentality there. Here is like they changed up his mentality to make him like, I'm mm -hmm. just making people do what they want to do. I'm not giving them restraints, no hindrance. And it's by the same actor who was in the first Wonder Woman film. He was Ares. Yeah, David Lewis. Again, recycling actors in that aspect. And as you know, that's one of my biggest pet beefs because Patton Oswalt is back in this damn thing doing another voiceover for another comic book project, which is like, yes, he's great. Yes, he's talented. I do enjoy it, but freaking come on. Give me other people. There are so many actors that want to work. There are so many talented actors don't get a chance to shine. And when you give people like Patton Oswalt, who's taking all of that work, it's just I mean, frustrating. To, to be on that point, at the same time, if we're going without argument, we're going to have to say, Mark Hamill's going to have to give people work too because he's in this too. Where? Uh, Marvin the Pumpkin, the Pumpkin Waiter, uh, who was the, the the janitor. That's Mark. Oh, Hamill. that was that was Mark Hamill. Okay. Yeah, the Corinthian. That was the guy from Logan. Right. He's in Logan. He's also in the Predator. Yeah. He was good in this because he was terrible in the Predator. He was good in Logan. Mm -hmm. here he was i was like and was his eyes of teeth yeah and that was also in the comics uh, jo uh jenna coleman she was in doctor who she was an ongoing character in doctor who who i mean who 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 was that uh jenna coleman uh joanna constantine yeah and but doctor who is not in a comic book that's a sci-fi thing. I'm just saying, like Pat Pat is on is, is is Marvel. He's DC. He's Marvel. He's I mean, yes, he's great, but it's just there's so much. And it's not like Mark Hamill is like monopolizing on it. He's not like the one of the feature players. Mm -hmm. So okay, so that that diner is good. Now, did I fall asleep somewhere? How did Sandman get his ruby back? He didn't technically. So what happened was okay. he goes into like a like like a, a a test of power between him and mm -hmm. uh, Doctor Destiny, and mm -hmm. Doctor Destiny's uh, uh, whole thing is like like I'm gonna destroy you, destroy this, and like the facade of the dreams, and he ends up destroying the ruby in the process. But all the aspects like the mass, the ruby, the sand, 
is really mm -hmm. just a part of Morpheus, the Sandman. So mm -hmm, by doing mm -hmm. so, he inadvertently released the power and gave it back to the Sandman when he thought he was killing him. Okay. Mm -hmm. so I was just wondering, because I was like, did I miss up? Did I miss it somewhere that he? The subtle thing. Because after that, and, and that's the that's the thing I, I want to say. Like this show, like we always talk about, like fights and you know action mm -hmm. and whatnot. Oh, that no is no fights. The, no fights. The here fights whatsoever. are more metatextual. They're mental. Literally, Lucifer versus Morpheus. They have a challenge. Hello. When they fought, yeah, I couldn't help but think of you with your damn card games. <laughs> your magic, the gathering, your D and D, all that stuff is like that's what they're doing here. Yeah, my card, my here's my card. It has this. It does that. All right, oh, I defend it and I do it with this. I deflect that power and I I counter with this. And and I was like, oh my god, which was slightly different in the comic thing. because in the comic it was not Lucifer. It was the demon that actually had the mask that they were going battling against each other. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. but this the concept was there is a battle of words and imagination. Uh, mm -hmm. to dictate like who has superior imagination versus the other where Sandman Morpheus is more like in the book he's like practically rap battling like the the demon <laughs> like he's like just bust down all these visual contexts and whatnot here right. it's cool because you literally see the visual uh, visualization like when we see in the comics like uh Professor X and like Jean Grey finding on the astral plane they picture mm -hmm. a certain aspect and that becomes their tool of weapon of choice like they build their armor they build a tank and so right like but the thing is those those creations with professor x and jean gray they'll probably battle not those not the not jean gray and x and professor x but what they created would battle here was like um like i said those cards or like final fantasy yeah when you have the fight where you just stand there and then you hit a button and they come out and hit the creature yeah. and they come right well, they back were, and they, they were very descriptive about it like i am the viper that bites into the the skin of the true wolf and like and and like and poisons you and then the poison infects them i'm sorry it's just like <laughs> fine it's like this is what i'm gonna do to you and you're gonna let me do it i mean when you have and, the and, power and, and, of a pseudo god how else and then would you're you do gonna, that but i'm just saying and then you're just gonna let me do it to you and you're just going to stand there. Then I'm just going to stand here and let you do what you're going to, you know, do to me and not counter it like in a real situation. Well, I mean, that's like, I, the, I that's it. like the game you just mentioned. Final fantasy it was a turn-based game. You got one turn, you go to the next. <laughs> I know. I, I get it. I get it. But it was, it's just find it funny. That's all. And again, I thought about you and your card games and things of that nature. Another episode where I thought was unneeded, but I guess, I mean, the episodes, I guess were needed to show the growth of sandman yeah because he was locked up Hobbs? for his best friend yeah right that was i was like why is this here because we see where is there really the, the first time he meets constantine or constantine yeah is actually a just they made a female version because it's not john constantine which is i think in the book yeah it is and as i think it's like joanna constantine here yeah. just to swap the sex and not to get you know sued or anything and i was just like okay this is interesting but it's not grabbing my attention it mm -hmm. doesn't feel like it's moving the story along even though it does and show where Sandman is have compassion and he's not a total loner he has needs he has wants but i think they could have done it a different way again this is 
my opinion. And I know like a lot of it is comic book accurate. So I know people who are listening who are like, F you, this is how it's supposed to be. You know, it's like, I understand that. But for a series to tell a story, because I would like for the series to have focus one or two things. And it felt like it was focusing on, on multiple things instead of being coherent, you know, him being captured, him trying to find an escape route, then yeah. him finding, uh, reuniting with his, his sisters and brothers. Then unity, which if that happened in the beginning, which you know, which brought it back around, where all the kids fell asleep or or people went into slumber because he was locked up. Rose Walker and all that stuff was just like I, I mean, don't. I mean, well, I maybe mean, that, that brings it all back around, like that final chapter of the series, the last right. No, I get that, but like the stuff in between, like get that out, put the focus back there where he escapes. Unity wakes up, and and then Rose is in. Then you have Corinthian trying to chase Rose. What that happens? He's trying to capture Rose, and okay, then have it there. But the stuff in between just seemed like. So you didn't like the whole uh, Wings of Death episode? Which one was that again? Sister Death. Where he's having a moment, they're in a park and there's a soccer game. Uh, just, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, but it was just okay. Like that and the best friend, that could have been one episode where he meets her, she does his thing, but it was just over and over, it was like just repeating, getting people, just going there, welcoming them to you know a final resting place. Uh, place they could have cut it down a little bit, in my opinion, because in all actuality, the episodes got longer as the as it progressed. Okay. The first two episodes were really short, around like 30 minutes or so, 30 to 40 minutes. And then it got closer to an hour as it progressed throughout the season. Just me. I mean, just, just the for the pace sake, I understand this is not an action series. It wasn't an action book. I get that. It's more of the intellectual. But to hold the attention, my opinion should have been a little cut here and there. I don't know if you I don't know if you agree or not. I do like there are I mean there's a lot of good moments, a lot of nice moments. I like the part where in the beginning there are Cain and Abel. Yeah. And they they keep going this they re, keep cycling. Cain's always going to kill Abel. Mhm. <laughs> so like and I like that fact that they're not white. They're more they appear more like how they would be in the real world. True. Although they do you know? have like elf like ears. I do understand that. And the brother of Rose. I was like, dude, just sit still. Always getting in trouble. Oh, let me, let me find out. Always laughing. Let me find out. Oh, 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 no. He's killing somebody. Let me run away again. Or let me, it's like, why did I, it's like, just sit your ass still. That reminded me of like those, those, those movies or those stories that the kid that always causes the trouble for everyone and everyone dies because of that irresponsibility of the kid true but he wasn't the cause of anybody's death or anything he just got in trouble himself no one else don't don't count fun man uh funland funland was no no but i know but he always put himself in danger which is true but he always initially the danger he was in was from his own adopted parents they were like right locking him away and then no 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 that that you're right i get he's he's in a bad situation He's trying to get out, but now he's like in a good situation where he's about to re- be reunited with his sister. But like, hey, let me look around. Let me see what's going on. Let me let me put my nose into it and steal this and and take that. And I was like, oh my god, he's like, just read the room, buddy. Read the room. 
And talking about that, I do like how the serial convention is about killers, but they change the name just for it can not, it can throw off people. Yeah. And you and I, you know, you and I have gone to a plenty of comic book conventions. Granted, nothing like as sick as that, but we know there are conventions out there that anyone's flavor probably tend to it. Yeah. Yes. There's probably there's probably like a nose booger picking convention somewhere. Sounds gross, but, uh, but maybe. probably maybe. So this is I picked this in 1992. But I'm getting sick now. And we have also desire from Cowboy yes. Bebop. He, yes. I liked him. I like him. I love his approach. I love his. Uh, well, I, I, wanna... I just, I, I, the way, the way he moves, the way he acts is just so. He, he knows. He got. He's that's an artist right there. I, I think uh, uh, it was at Mason Alexander Park. I I, mm-hmm. I want to say they're non-binary in their gender or whatever uh, in, in practice. So, but Mason Alexander, uh, either way, I agree. As a character playing Desire, you see uh, Mason's twin. They're like and, fraternal. Exactly. Like fraternal twins. And the thing about Desire is like, it can be argued what is dream if not desire and they mm. uh they even mentioned it in the show like the two of you used to get along so long uh so well together but then you became like kind of competitive with each other and well uh, he he well he impregnated um he was a cause for that yeah right he he caused unity getting pregnant and also that he was the cause for unity not to be the one the burden went on to rose so and, you know, well, it could be also uh, like potentially, I don't know if it's true, but it could be argued that he, maybe he's even the one that helped lead the whole situation to him being captured in the first place. Possibly. Uh, because uh, Corinthian knew where he was and knew how things were. Mm-hmm. And like the question is like, how did he get that information? How did, who fed him that detail? Like how to right. keep him imprisoned? And that's mm-hmm. where I'm like, mm, th- this may have been like a whole master plan. All, all in the works but yeah mason's character and uh, that was an enjoyable character it was a weird yeah. character for me and I, I didn't experience that before and i was like i dig it he did a better uh, performance uh, here arguably for me than when it was on cowboy bebop and i think that was because of the writing yeah this this more it seemed like he well since he's called i'm not sure how to call a non-binary person so um my apologies for they, those listening watching we'll say they I'm, they, I have trouble doing that when it's a person, when it's one person. Sorry. Let's just call sorry, Mason. Let's just call, say Mason. Fair enough. I'll, I'll agree with that. It seemed like they gave Mason his shining moment to let him shine with the material they gave him. And I will think how to be like the costumes and stuff like that. Because it did. It just felt like he was made for that role. And he was like what, one of the best things of the series, of the show, of the season. I'm looking forward to see Mason in season two, yeah. if they do it. Because, you know, Netflix sometimes, they do have a they cancel the best, they cancel the best shows after one season. Well, they keep bringing on the crappy shows. And do you have any other favorite moments or good moments? Is there a moment that you didn't like? Because I know I, I said a lot on my <laughs> behalf. What about uh, you? The last episode with the, or last one or two episodes with the Corinthian at the serial uh, convention, because it goes to show like how much Corinthian wasn't just, I'm going to kill people. He was a manipulator. He was a manipulator of situations. 
And I enjoyed the Corinthians character the most of the show uh, of the vi various arguably villain characters. Because you, you can say not all the characters were villains that were there. Lucifer technically is not is a ruler, but not necessarily a villain. Uh, Dr. Destiny didn't really act like a villain. Even the Corinthian, yes, serial killer, nightmare. But at the same time, by the time he is destroyed, Corinthians is explaining, I did it so I can feel human. I can taste what you know humanity mm -hmm. has and be closer. And it's like, as much as you may despise what I've done and what I uh, do here, you don't get what it is to be human. You don't appreciate that. And then well, he, and he calls him out on that. True. And I guess that's like, I guess that's why they brought in the story of his best friend because he used his best friend to feel to to their understanding. There, yeah. There is a void between him and humanity. And right. even, even when he was catching up to Hobbes, he still had that void. It took him granted being in prison for about a hundred years to admit uh, for maybe 200 years to admit that there is something uh, of a best friend with him and Hobbes, mm -hmm. but that's still a, a divide between Morpheus and the sensation of humanity. I do know in the st stories of the endless in the comics of all the endless uh, entities, death is the most in tune with what it is to be human and the emotions of humanity. So that makes sense on like as an afterthought. But yeah, my favorite aspect was the Corinthian character overall. I, I thought that was a fantastic little villain to have ongoing even though he mm -hmm. didn't really do much. Matter of fact, well, a lot they, of the they, villains they brought, didn't really do much through, uh, except for like they had key moments. Well, yeah, like they brought him in. He was in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Then he came back. He came back towards the end. The, yeah, like the last he showed up on four episodes. Uh, he was in, at the very beginning. And then he was in like one or two parts in the like, couple episodes for Dr. Destiny. And then like a very end. Yeah. All right. So ratings from here. Mm -hmm. Worth the watch? I agree. Worth the watch. Yes, I do agree. It is worth the watch. Uh, worth to own? I would say maybe if they had a season two, and depending on how that flows, I might want to go for a season one. Mm. I am intrigued for that. Or maybe if I actually read the book, that might push me to want to own it. As it stands right now, I'm actually okay if I don't own it. Not for me. Mm -hmm. Not to own. I do dig the, um, the acting. I do dig the performances. There are some nice moments there that really got my attention and there's like i said before just got me the if they edit it it's like that they cut it down some things then i would have been intrigued like i said like the, the moment with death and hobbs that could have been one episode easily it is what it is all right guys that is our dcness review of the sandman until next time we'll be the next time i'm angel i'm Adan. love you bro Love you, bro.